Week seven of the NBA 2021-22 season is in the books, which means it's time to run it back. This is Run It Back, NBA Week in Review. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Casket. Today's sports, post-game reports, debates and play-by-play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming tune on that. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news, like we're in the stands. Creating news from the average fans. Before we bring in our fan experts for the Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs, and Washington Wizards, I wanted to share that starting today, Run It Back NBA Week in Review is part of the Basketball Podcast Network. As if that wasn't enough good news, we're also excited to welcome a new sponsor, DraftKings. Now, we've always been and will always be a show and site dedicated to basketball. We exist to amplify the voice of passionate basketball fans worldwide. But like most sports fans, we love competition in all forms and all sports, including football. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. This is a show where we recap the week that was in the NBA, then take a deep dive into select teams with our team of fan experts. Tonight, we'll get updates on the Miami Heat from Isaac Edelman of our partner site, flteams.com. San Antonio Spurs from Rene Rocha, and Washington Wizards from Brandon Wynn. But before we hear from them, we want to take a look back at the week that was. These are the marquee matchups for each day in week seven. This is the NBA Rapid Recap. On Saturday, November 27th, there were two NBA games that went to overtime. The suddenly hot Houston Rockets beat the Charlotte Hornets 146-143. The Philadelphia 76ers and Minnesota Timberwolves did them one better, however, playing two overtimes. The Wolves came out on top, beating the Sixers 121-120. Sunday, November 28th, brought us the much-anticipated rematch of the now infamous blood battle between the Detroit Pistons and the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James led the Lakers with 33 points, and Isaiah Stewart had 5 points and 6 rebounds. There was no round 2 in Los Angeles, with no player on either team tasting their own blood. 
Monday, November 29th, there were nine games in the association. We shine the light on the East-West matchup between the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat. It was the second day in the NBA where we had a rematch game. The last time these two teams met, reigning MVP Nikola Jokic aggressively shoved Markeith Morris, which led to a one-game suspension. In the rematch, with Morris still out, Jokic led the Nuggets with 24 points in the 120-111. Tuesday, November 30th, was an exciting day in the NBA. The Battle of New York went to the Brooklyn Nets over the New York Knicks, 112-110. And the Battle of the Behemoth between Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors went to the no-lose November Suns, 104-96. Wednesday, December 1st, saw 10 NBA games. The marquee matchup was in Boston between the Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Celtics were led by Jason Tatum's 26 points in the win over the still Ben Simmons-less Philadelphia 76ers. Thursday, December 2nd, there were five games in the association. The best one saw a battle between Eastern Conference contenders Chicago Bulls and New York Knicks. DeMar DeRozan led the Bulls with 34 points en route to the 119-115 victory. NBA history was made on this day. The bad kind of NBA history, but NBA history nonetheless. Today was the day the Memphis Grizzlies just squeaked by the Oklahoma City Thunder, 152-79. Nine games in the NBA on Friday, December 3rd. The Battle of LA between the Clippers and the Lakers went to the Clippers, 119-115. The Clippers continued their dominance over their stadium roommates in head-to-head matchups. The marquee matchup, however, was elsewhere in California between the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are tough at home, and they proved to be too much for the incredibly hot Phoenix Suns. The Warriors ended the Suns' incredible 18-game win streak with a resounding 118-96 win. Let's start our in-depth reviews by dropping the pin in San Antonio, Texas, and bringing in fan expert Renee Rocha. Good evening, Jose. How are you? Renee, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Outstanding. I imagine so, because as we speak, the Spurs are playing a very good game against the um, uh, Golden State Warriors, which uh, I know you're excited uh, about and probably want to get back to walking. So without any further ado, tell us about the week that was for the San Antonio Spurs. Based on what I'm seeing here, it looks like it was a good week for the Spurs. You see me smiling. It was uh, the Spurs were on a three-game winning streak, which is something I'd been waiting for. I, I predicted that this team would be capable of winning two or three games uh, on the on the on the trot, and they did it this past week. Uh, they beat the Boston Celtics last Friday. They beat the Washington Wizards earlier this week by 17 points, and then they beat the Portland Trailblazers by 31 points. Wow. Um, that was impressive. Um, the last three games, uh, um, their opponents have been averaging 90 points. That 
tells me defense is key for this young, experienced team. And it's not a coincidence that this is also involving the return of the mighty Jakob Pertl. Uh, no doubt, he's one of the better defensive centers in the league right now. He's not at Rudy Gobert's level, but he's getting close. So um, uh, the, the main guy, as usual, you, 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 know, you could probably record my voice saying his name, DeJounte Murray. Um, he is the main player, uh, the main guy on this team, the focal point. He's averaging almost 19 points per game, eight rebounds and eight assists. Those are great numbers for a point guard. Um, he really is reaching all-star status, and the more I see him, he seems more poised and in control, and he doesn't have that deer-in-headlights look that he, he would before, especially when receiving instructions from Coach Greg Popovich. Um, that's the good. Th that's what's happening that, that, that's really positive this, this week. Um, I don't want to say they've turned a corner, but they're showing signs of it, and that's experience. It just it just comes from experience. Um, I do have a couple of concerns. Um, one of them on the court, the other one off the court. One of my concerns is uh, on the court is with Lonnie Walker. Uh, I expected more from him uh, offensively this season, offensive production, especially points. Um, he's playing very well tonight. Uh, right. Ironically. Um, his minutes per game have gone down by about three minutes. That's so it's no fault of his own. Uh, he's averaging nine points per game. I figured he would average about 13 this season, and he probably would be getting there if he was getting the minutes. Um, the, the issue is that the Spurs have a load of guards that they need to find uh, minutes for. Uh, they've got Lonnie Walker, uh, Derek White, Devin Vassell, and Bryn Forbes. It's going to be hard to find everybody time uh, 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 on the floor uh, this season. So Lonnie's doing the best he can. Um, again, I thought he'd produce a little bit more. That's just something we'll have to keep an eye on. The other concern I have is off the court. I guess the last couple of days, Thaddeus Young has expressed that he doesn't really like being a part of a, of a rebuild, uh, that he feels that he can contribute to a contender. I happen to agree with it. Um, he's 33 years old, and um, he's he, throughout his career, he's averaged about 30 minutes per game, and this season he's averaging exactly half of that. So I can see where his concern is. Uh, the problem is the Spurs are notorious for not making midseason trades. Uh just not part of the culture there. Right. The, the good thing for him, though, is that Greg Popovich uh, does his best to accommodate players' wishes, especially if they feel like they need to, to play elsewhere. So we'll keep an eye on that. Now, my theory, and this is one of those <laughs> baseless uh, uh, assumptions, is that Thaddeus saw the Bam Adebayo situation in Miami and said, hey, I can fit in there. I said it, I'll own it. <laughs> Outstanding. And, you know, I don't do a good enough job of promoting I said it, I'll own it. Renee does a great <laughs> job writing a, a, a phenomenally entertaining uh, weekly article called I Said It, I Own It, where he will say some things 
that might have you scratching your head. But what you've got to appreciate about Renee is he says it, he owns it. So the latest and greatest you heard is here first. Thaddeus Young is trying to get to Miami. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's my, <laughs> I can, that's my call. I, can see it. I, I know you all can't see it, but I can see Isaac shaking his head. I cannot wait to drop the pin in Miami <laughs> and talk to Isaac about that. All right. Outstanding. Well, let, let me ask you before I let you go, Renee, you know, the, the, the Spurs I've always thought were in a kind of a precarious position because they are good. They could certainly be a play in, um, a tournament team, um, but aren't they better? You know, when you look at the future of the franchise, aren't they better dropping to the lottery? I am not saying they should tank. I am not saying they should Oklahoma City Thunder every game moving forward. But if you had your druthers, wouldn't you rather see them in the lottery than in the playing tournament? A week ago, I was studying in in a in an intense manner the best players in college basketball because i thought for sure we're looking at hey maybe the first pick or at least top three and now i'm looking at a possible plan because i know they can play better they just need to, to get the experience they need to gel a little more and yeah it, i'm in this balancing act it's a conundrum where yeah, yeah we want to see them win we want to see them get you know threatened to get in the playoffs that, that's all we really want to see but at the same time they they're in a rebuild they they really are in a rebuild and um I, they're not going to get a free agent i i just don't see it i've seen the list of free agents and the only one that really stood out to me was uh the the bridges from charlotte and maybe DeAndre Ayton. And I think DeAndre Ayton is restricted. So, you know, and other than that, it's, it's, I, I don't, I can't see James Harden signing with the San Antonio Spurs right. or, or Russell Westbrook. Uh, that's a whole nother kettle of fish there. Yeah. But um, it's going to have to be through the draft. And, you know, what are they going to get? The, the, the eight pick again, the 10 pick, the 12 pick, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. caught in the middle of this. Let's let's enjoy this entertaining team. Let's watch them develop, but also they need more. The, yeah. You know, yeah. as it stands, they need a a, 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 a top notch player to go along with Dejounte Murray, who's becoming one. Agreed. You know, and when I think about the Spurs, I you know, I I'm as a you know if I'm a Spurs fan, I, I I take a little comfort in the fact that the best Spurs player in the history of San Antonio came through the draft and Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's out there. It's just a question of waiting to see if it happens. It's a tough spot to be mm-hmm. in because the Spurs are good. They're a tough battle every night. Golden State is seeing that tonight. Um, but, yeah, when you're good but not mm-hmm. good enough, right, to go make a deep run in the playoffs, you're in this weird conundrum, mm-hmm. uh, as you put it. So, outstanding update. Uh, congratulations yes. to the Spurs yes. on a phenomenal week. Uh, again, if you haven't read, you. Uh, I said it, I own it. Go and find that right now and read them. Uh, I'm sorry, Renee, were you going to say something? No, no, no. I was just doing a, a ad lib for the, uh, for the. Um, I said it, I'll own it. <laughs> right on. Okay. Wait, wait. Like I said, I've got to promote that better. Um, outstanding. Well, great recap as always, Renee. Thank you. We're going to go ahead and bring in Isaac Edelman as we drop the pin. 
in Miami and talk Miami Heat basketball. Isaac is from our partner site, flteams.com. Um, I say it every week. Uh, that is the site you want to go to for not just Heat basketball, but Magic basketball and all sports um, that uh, originate in the great state of Florida. Isaac, welcome. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the, the bombshell Renee just dropped in, in just a bit. But first off, um, tell me about kind of, uh, you know, if, if, if there are up and down weeks for basketball teams, the Heat, it looks had a bit of a down week. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And I'll start off with, I think the biggest down of this week was in injury news. Um, yeah. Miami star center, Bam Adebayo, is having surgery right. for a torn ligament in his right thumb. Right now, there's no timetable for a return, but there's no way he comes back in 2021. And who knows, um, you know, is he coming back in January or further than that in 2022? We don't know. Again, we do not have a timetable for a return, but this is bad news for the Heat. Maybe good news because me and Jose have our favorite Heat player, Omer Yurtsevin, who is getting some minutes. We'll talk about that in a few seconds. Yeah. But yeah, that's bad news for the Heat and Bam Adebayo. But now the bad news is the Heat went one and two this week. They still are third in the Eastern Conference. Um, but Bam Adebayo um, is going to be out for a long time, and Jimmy Butler is um, still dealing with that injury, um, a back injury. So he, you know, if both of them don't come back soon, the Heat are going to fall down those uh, East standings. So this week their first game was against the Nuggets. It was the return of the Heat-Nikola Jokic uh, feud. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler wasn't playing, and the main victim, Markeith Morris, wasn't playing. So nothing was made out of that. The Heat lost 120 to 111. On Wednesday, the Heat lost to the Cavaliers 111 to 85. Again, no Butler, no Adebayo. Sounds like a bad loss, but the Cavs are pretty good this season. They've won four straight games. I know we don't have a writer that covers the Cavs currently, but. They are a team that is surprising people and will continue to be surprising people this season. Yesterday, the Heat beat the Pacers, getting back on the win column. They beat the Pacers 113-104. to 104. It was kind of Kyle Lowry's breakout game this season. I've talked about him every running back show that I've been on. He's yeah. not doing good this season, and I'm still going to stand by that. He is not doing good this season. But last night's game was or I expect it to be the breakout game for Kyle Lowry. He had 20 first-half points. He finished with 26 points. Um, again, six second-half points. You're going to want more from you know your starting point guard, but that's what you have to deal with. Now, the Heat are playing tonight, second night of a back-to-back against the Bucs. They are losing by a lot. The game's probably already over. Um, the, Heat, the Heat are going to lose to the Bucs. Um, th- there's no Giannis. So right. that is a big down. But again, the Heat don't have Ottawa and Butler. Of note, P.J. Tucker got his NBA Finals ring tonight. So I just wanted to touch on that. Now, as of now, Tyler Hero is Miami's leading scorer with a team-high 13 points. That's on 3 of 14 shooting from the field. Abysmal. This is Miami's problem. This is also why the Heat need a center. And Dwayne Dedman is right now Miami's starting center because of the out-of-bio injury. Miami's backup center is Omer Yurtsevin, who is slowly, as Jose knows, getting more and more minutes. I expect him to be a top player on this E team. Now, the problem is, if Dwayne Denman or Yurtsevin get into foul trouble, 
UD is the next man up for Miami. So right. that is Miami's current problem as of now. Renee is trying to solve your problem. He is offering you Thaddeus Young. You said no. Tell me why. He is averaging three rebounds per game this season. <laughs> um, I, I just – you P.J. Tucker – is Miami's power forward, right? Thaddeus Young plays power forward. He can play yeah, center. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I'd he's rather have – a small have... ball center, basically, yeah. yeah but, oh, he's, he's probably better than some tall centers, definitely. Tucker gets a lot of rebounds. Either way, I'd rather have Kyle Lowry as my center. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Kyle Lowry gets more rebounds than Thaddeus Young. Okay. So that's my sense. Okay. I'm not saying Thaddeus Young's a bad player and he wouldn't contribute, but the Heat need rebounders. That's what yeah, they yeah, need. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll get back to Renee and let him know it's a hard no. But uh, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I, I I I I the Heat are an interesting team to me um, because they're certainly an East contender. But you, there's no team in the East that I can think of that that really is is doing what the Warriors and the Suns are doing in the in the West. Right. Correct. Teams are are, are in actually the East sorry. And- no, the Bulls. The Bulls. Well, the Bulls come closest. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think the Heat certainly. The, you know, the Celtics are underperforming. Uh, the Heat, the, the Heat, and the Bucks came into tonight's game with the same exact record, which really blew my mind when I saw that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really taken by that because the Heat have the potential to be really good. But of course, right now. The injuries are getting in the way. Um, you said before that this is an Eastern Conference final team, um, if if not a finals team. Uh, do you stand by that? Does this injury scare you, this BAM injury? It does scare me because there's no timetable for a return. And yeah. even if it comes back, this Heat team is, is – this besides Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler, uh, BAM Adebayo is underperforming. Kyle Lowry is a thousand percent underperforming. Even Duncan Robinson, he got zero points the other night. He was trending on Twitter. He had yeah. one steal, but if he didn't have that one steal, people would have been laughing at him as they already were um, because he yeah. didn't get any rebounds. He didn't get any assists. Duncan Robinson does nothing on the defensive end, and he barely gets any two pointers. So if 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 he doesn't start making three pointers, the Heat are in trouble. I know they have Tyler Hero, but Robinson is a big part of that offense. He's been for the past few years. And again, they just paid him a lot of money. Yeah. And you need him to step up because the Heat, um, you know, could have made a trade for Buddy Heald if they wanted to. Um, they definitely have the pieces, but you're obviously, you know, going to pay Duncan Robinson. They paid him and he's not stepping up this season. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Yeah. I think the, the Heat are, are, are in a good way because everybody in the East seems to be doing what they're doing. Um, I Nobody. think one last thing. I think it'll be interesting to see when Oladipo comes back because I if, he, mm-hmm. if he performs well, I'm fine with Duncan Robinson or Larry. You know, obviously I want them to perform high, but Oladipo is a similar player to Larry and Robinson in the way that he could play either of yeah. those two positions. So that, that's that's all I have to say. Yeah. No, outstanding. Great call out uh, and certainly hoping for the best for Oladipo. Um, right now, no one's running away with the East, so the, the, the Heat are in good shape, but certainly want to see a little more consistency, I think, from their players. Isaac, as always, thank you. Great recap. We're going to go ahead and bring in Brandon as we drop the pin on the state or our country's capital, Washington, D.C., 
and talk about another interesting East uh, East Coast team, the Washington Wizards. Brandon, this team intrigues me, just like, you know, I, I know I just said that about the Heat, but the Washington started out looking really good, playing really good. Uh, they had a two and two week, which isn't horrible, but I wonder if the start of the season was fool's gold and they're kind of settling into what they are now. Um, or are they going to get back to, you know, kind of the team that was surprising people? Um, you can answer that question after. I, I, I just wanted to ask it right away. Let us know first, though, if you don't mind, what was the week like for the Wizards? Um, they had a they had a rough week. I know the re- the record isn't terrible, but yeah. the concerns I had this week or, or the concerns I had last week just is too many double digit losses. And what what made it worse this week is that we lost to teams that we should be competitive with. Like San Antonio, they're always going to, because they're well-coached, they're always going to make you battle. And Cleveland, yep. they have they have a, a really good um, front line with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. So those two teams, like, they're going to make you, they're going to make you battle. But to lose to, to team, double to lose by double digits to teams that we're supposed to be competitive with, that's, uh, that's just not... That's just not a good sign moving forward because we've seen, like as Wizards fans, we've seen, we've seen the team fall behind by double digits and and come back, but now like that's now it's starting to, to catch up to them, in a way. And against them, against Cleveland on Friday on on Friday night, they were down by as much as thirty six points. Wow, they were down by thirty six points at at home. Like, mm. That's 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 a troubling sign, especially since especially with our backcourt struggling mightily. I think Spencer Dinwiddie went the first three quarters of Friday night's game with, without a buck, without a point. And Bradley Beal, I believe he scored less than 15 points last night. And I, I don't know what's going, I don't know what's going on with Spencer Dinwiddie, but he just, he doesn't look like his old self. He'll have moments where he, he scores in bunches, but then he'll have games where he, he can't seem to crack double digits in scoring. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure if he's if the if he's still trying to if he's still if he's still dealing with any lingering effects from his ACL injury. But right, some something is going on that's preventing him from playing up to the level that we know he can play at, and the level that he did play at to start the season, because he looked real. He looked pretty good for. For the Wizards at at the start. Yeah, I was going to say that exact same thing in in terms of his injury. When you come back from a devastating injury like that, it takes you a while, a lot more, a lot longer than I think we would would really realize. Not just to get your legs and to understand how to you know get back and play the NBA game, but to kind of change your game because there are things that that injury takes away from you. Uh, Kobe yeah. pre and 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 post th- that injury was a different player, and you have to kind of maneuver that process and figure out what you can do, what you can't do, what your body can do, what your body can't do, and and, and I I can't help but think that that he's just trying to figure that out. And it, there's gonna be games when he has you know no luck, <laughs> and then there'll be other yeah. games where he where, where he gets it, and you know finding that sweet spot is gonna be tough. So. 
if I could, let me take you back to to you know the the, the first question I posed. Uh, I, I like this team. I think a team, you know, Bradley Beal is a star, undeniable. But I think the the beauty of the Wizards is that they have a bunch of really good players, um, and and I think that's always you know a recipe for success. I think a a, a team that is made up of multiple good players is generally going to play better than a group with five great players that aren't a team, right? You know what I mean by that? I think the wizards are a really good team. Um, and when I saw them really playing so well to start the season, I thought that's where they were going to be. They've hit a little bit of a rough patch. And like we said, with Isaac, every team has in the East, it seems, it seems like they've had their ups and downs, but do you think Brandon, that the, the, the Wizards can get back to who they were at the start where they were just surprising people and, and winning a lot of games? Um, or, again, have they kind of settled into what they might be the rest of the season? I think they can get back to where they were to start the season because because even with um, with our starting backcourt of Dinwiddie and Beal not playing up to the level we're, we've, been a, we've grown accustomed to seeing them play at, other guys like Montrez, Montrez Harrow, Kyle yeah. Kuzma, um, Daniel Gafford, those guys have been able to step up and, and kind of keep this team afloat while Beal and Dinwiddie are still trying to figure things out. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the teams get back to where they were to start the season once Dinwiddie gets his legs under him a little bit and once Beal starts to find his rhythm on the offensive end a little bit. Because nice. And going back to going back to Spencer Dinwiddie, like he, in the fourth quarters, he looks really good. I think it's I think what ha, what's going on is that he's still trying to find, like you said earlier, he's still trying to find like his pace. To, yeah, he's trying to find how he can adjust post ACL ACL surgery because during the first three quarters of the game, he's not really looking to attack. He's trying to. He's facilitating. He's trying to get guys involved. Not really taking a lot of shots, but but yeah, I think I think eventually, well, I'll say around late January, we'll start to play at the level we were playing at at the Thanks. beginning of the season. I hope so. They were a fun team to to watch. Not that they're not anymore, but I certainly hope that they can get back to that. Um, uh, one of our writers, uh, Steve, uh, just wrote a, a really great article, series of articles on the Western and Eastern Conference, and, and he talked about where they stand, every team at the quarter pole. We're a quarter of the way into the season, which is amazing. Phil Jackson, famous coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, used to say that teams were who they would be by Thanksgiving. By that time, he knew who he had. Um, now, of course, there's a lot of things that could happen in terms of injury and trades to shake up a team. But for the most part, I think we have who we are and, and you know, in terms of who the teams are going to be. Washington knows what's possible. And now it's just a question of getting back to that. And I agree with you, Brandon. I think they're going to get there. Great upgrade, uh, upgrade, great update uh, on a OK week for the Washington Wizards, Brandon. Thank you. Now, with that, we're going to go ahead and bring in the rest of our contributors. Bring in Isaac. And bring in Renee. 
And before we get to the NBA question of the day, uh, just want to again to download the DraftKings Sports app. Use promo code TBPN, which you should see down at the bottom of our screen. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. The question of the day has always been something I I, I take seriously because I want to ask a good question. And I want to ask a question that's relevant and timely. This week, it wasn't that hard to come up with one. And we've talked about these two teams already um, in your recaps. Um, the Washington, pardon me, I looked at Brandon, and I immediately went Washington Wizards. The Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors are just playing unbelievably fun basketball, good basketball, and they're winning. They play each other. They beat each other. Um, and they're running away with the West right now. Um, no team in the East necessarily is doing what they're doing in the West. Um, so the question is simple. Will any Western Conference team catch the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors? Now, I want to tell you, right, at the start of the season, the Lakers were the team that many expected to be here with these two teams. They're not. Um, there's some trouble uh, in L.A. Um, so are they going to right the ship? Are they going to get there? Um, are either of these two teams going to falter? Um, I have some thoughts, but let's go ahead and, and, and talk to our fan experts. I'm going to do it um, uh, again in the order of the, the uh, weekly previews. Renee, what do you think first? Are, uh, is anybody going to catch the Suns and the Warriors? Well, I don't think so. I don't think the way that, the, the, the way that those teams are playing, the way they're set up, I, I don't think anybody can catch them as far as being the favorites. Now, that doesn't mean that the Utah Jazz can't catch up and take the second seed, maybe yeah. even the first seed. They're only four games back, and both of these teams look like they're on clips to win up close to 70 games. I don't, I can't see both of those teams doing that. They're going to hit the skids at some point. So the Jazz might catch up to them in the uh, seeding. But as far as being the favorites, no, I, I think the, the way they're playing, the way they're geared up, uh, I, I, I don't see anybody really overtaking them. I expect one of them to be in the finals. Wow, outstanding. All right. Isaac, uh, I, I know you're an East Coast guy, but I know you know the game. What are your thoughts on uh, the Western Conference and these two teams? Um, basically, you know, everything that Renee said is what I would have said. Um the Jazz are, you know, right on the tail of Golden State and Phoenix, but these these two teams are not going to be caught, um, you know, based off the skill of their players, based off their tempo and the, and the team chemistry. They're just playing so hard that they won't be able to be stopped. And it, it's good because we have saw Phoenix and Golden State play each other twice. One of the wins went to Phoenix, one of the wins went to Golden State. So that's kind of funny. But, yeah, in terms of the question, I think it's a simple answer. Um no Western Conference team will be able to catch the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. And, and also, Clay Thompson and Wiseman are coming back for Golden State. So, Golden State is definitely a thousand percent not going to be caught. The Suns may get caught barring an injury, but if everyone stays healthy, the Suns won't be caught either. Okay. Okay. And, and you went with a thousand percent. That's a, that's pretty certain. Okay. Real, real good. I'm going to bookmark that one. Brandon, what do you think? Uh, Suns and Warriors, uh, are they uncatchable? 
I think so. I don't think any team in the West is going to catch them because normally when it, when teams get off to the starts that these two teams have gotten off to, that builds so much confidence with, within that team and with the and with the top, the top tier talent that those teams have in, in Steph Curry and Devin Booker, even if the games are somehow become close, like those guys know how to how to close games out, and that's gonna get them an extra like eight to ten wins here and there, which is it's just gonna keep widening the gap between them and everyone else in the conference. So yeah, I don't I don't think any team is gonna catch them this this season. You know, that's a great call out. Um, and each of you said something that, that, that I wanted to kind of elaborate on a little bit. Um, both of these teams know what it takes to get to the finals, right? The, the Warriors have won them, have won in the finals, uh, but the, the Suns have been there. The Suns have been there very recently. So that's what makes them really scary. Uh, like, Brandon, you said both of these teams have got players that know what to do, you know, when it's a close game and there's just seconds left on the clock. They're not going to make bad mistakes. They're not going to cost themselves a game. Uh, they're scary. Isaac brought up the fact that the Warriors don't have some really good players that they're looking to get back. Ray Thompson apparently is very, very close. Um, I'm interested in what what's going to happen when Thompson comes back. But it can't be a bad thing. This is such a good player on a very, very, very good team. Um, so each of you have said no one's catching the uh, the Suns and the Warriors. So, of course, I'm going to say that, yes, someone's going to catch them um, for no particular reason other than I just wanted to go against the grain. But I do think this. It's still early in the season. Both the Suns and Warriors are playing phenomenally entertaining basketball. Um, and Utah Jazz is solid. They, they've proven to be a very good regular season team. I think that they can do it. I think that they can catch up. And I don't think that the Suns and Warriors are going to stay as good as they are. Um, because in the Western Conference, obviously, every you know, just like in the Eastern Conference, you play each other. Um, and so there, there are going to be some games that they lose. I think they're going to take a little bit of a dip. Um, and somebody like the Jazz, most likely the Jazz, uh, the Nuggets, the nuggets I can see happening, catching them. Um, and, of course, the one big uh, unknown um, is Kawhi Leonard. Um, don't know when Kawhi comes back, but the Clippers look really good. They're flying under the radar. Um, and if they get somebody back like Kawhi, it, it, you know, it could be pretty spectacular. And I got to say, the Lakers are known. You know, Renee said it, the Spurs don't make midseason trades. The Lakers do. They have no problem doing it. Um, and if they bring in somebody, it could be very interesting. So uh, I am going to go against the grain and say, yes, someone will catch him. I don't know who, but I do think somebody will catch him. All right. Outstanding. Well, as always, great. Uh, fun talking to each of you i love learning about teams that i don't normally get to watch uh it's always fun to talk to each of you that's our show week seven of the 2021-22 nba season is in the books we'll be back next week after week eight to once again run it back the voice of the fan drop a bounce pass throw down the rim rocker lay up off the glass right past the shot blocker i follow through like kobe's money can cash it for news on LA hoops. Come over to Peach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports, debates, and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up. You can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket coming to an
on that, the peach basket, where the news begins, we're dropping news, like we're in the stands, creative views from the average fans, the 